Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. And here we are. This hour brought to you by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks and ICM Controls. Good to be back with you. You know, it's that time of year, whether Syracuse is actually involved or not. We start looking at brackets and bracketology and thinking about the bubble and wherever Syracuse is on the bubble to the bubble to the bubble to the bubble to the bubble right now, somewhere uh, like that. But uh, with that, let's uh, head to the phones and bring on ESPN's bracketologist, uh, Joe Lenardi. Joe, thanks for making a few minutes for us here today. Always a treat. To be on in my favorite city in central New York. Uh, Joe, I, I, I know you love hearing from all the fans here. Um, I guess at the moment you're probably breathing a, a bit of a sigh of relief because I, I don't think, and maybe you can tell me otherwise, that that, that Syracuse is going to ruin uh, ruin your evenings here this year coming up. I always say that uh, my wish for Syracuse is that they be all the way in or all the way out. And uh, I certainly wouldn't have wished it to be the latter, uh, but that's what appears to be the case uh, right now. Yeah, just looking, Joe, and I don't think we'll be talking a lot about Syracuse with you today because it's just not really in the realm of, at least today, of possibility. But, you know, they aren't just sitting there. They do have a winning record in the ACC, but the net at last check was 101. Like, is there any actual way uh, for Syracuse to get net large this season if they go on, like, a crazy winning streak? Or, Or is even that not possible right now? I mean, I guess they could win win out in the regular season, right? That's four games. Yep. Uh, the best win in the group would be, I guess, at Pitt. Yes. In that group. And then they could get to the final, which would be another probably three games, mm-hmm. uh, given the way the standings shake out. So would, it, would a seven-game winning streak, followed by a loss in the title game, uh, be enough really impossible to say without knowing what other teams in their situation are doing, but I'd have to think it would at least be uh, a situation where the Orange would be on the board and discuss and getting a lot of attention and uh, as we say, uh, when your name ends in a vowel, causing me a lot of agita. <laughs> um, Joe Lenardi with us from ESPN. And, and Joe, this is not really a Syracuse question, but it's certainly an ACC uh, question this year. You know, I, I think you did a, a little something uh, around when the NCAA did their release over the weekend. And I believe you had Clemson on the outside looking in. There's maybe only five ACC teams right now. What are you making of the ACC as a conference? And is there really anything that the league can do with, you know, like the combined net of its teams right now to, to make any moves at this stage of the year? No, the best thing that the ACC could do for its kind of long-term uh, uh, reputation, which, I mean, let's look at this in the big picture. Historically, the ACC is the best basketball conference ever. Right. And and, and this year, last year, whatever, doesn't change that. But I do think that this is more than a one-off the last couple, three seasons. Uh, and getting two teams in the Final Four a year ago, one of which was an obvious surprise in Carolina, getting there as an eight, 
right? And then by playing Duke, being guaranteed a team in the championship game, uh, you know, I know people use that to say, hey, there was nothing wrong with the ACC. They had a couple others in the Sweet 16. But I'm telling you, because I study seeding the way accountants study (laughs) tax returns, and I'm not suggesting that that's a healthy way to spend your time. Uh, it just happens to be my job. Uh, when, when you're a league that averages one or more number one seeds a year, and we're now going to be four years out from the last one seed wow. in the ACC in 2019 when they had three, and none since, and the only two was Duke a year ago. Now, certainly... There was no tournament in 2020, but I'm taking that in, into account. There were no ACC teams that would have been a one that year either. I, I, I think the trend is in the wrong direction. So when it happens for multiple seasons, and when you're kind of preeminent preseason number one, looks like it's not going to make the tournament at all, I think you have to go, you know, is there something in the water here that is changing the landscape? Uh, is, is the ACC recruiting differently? Are they not playing the portal or NIL uh, game the way others are? I, I don't know the answer. Every time I look up, you know, Duke and Carolina in particular are signing five-star guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, but maybe, you know, young five-star guys isn't the way to go right now because for at least these couple three years in the COVID period with, with the free transfer year, et cetera, it seems like teams are older. Um, so, so maybe that isn't, isn't the way. Then again, Duke was really young last year and they won 32 games. Uh, Carolina's couldn't be more of a veteran team this year. And they're eight and eight in, in what is by ACC standards, a bad league. Let me ask you this, Joe. Looking at the numbers, and you know, I believe you. Like the numbers are the, the numbers are what they are. They they are telling you exactly what the ACC is based on how you have to approach it this year. Do you think? And this is not really an ACC thing. You know, I look at the net, and it, it feels like so much of this, at least for your league. Like if your league has a good November, it stays baked in over the course of the year. Do, do you think your the numbers are telling us? I guess the right thing as far as where teams are at uh, late in the year. Like is this this is this the best way the the committee should be going about it? Is it telling you the right thing right now? I think by and large it is. There's no perfect metric. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you know, if, if you go to the most basic consideration of all, what the numbers are telling us is, is that the ACC doesn't have really great players this year. Yeah. I mean, you know, who's the player of the year in the league? Quavian Smith, Filipowski, maybe Baycott if they finish strong. I mean, they're good college players, right? But they're not Bancaro from two years ago or, or um, you, you know, some of these big Trey Jones, guys that we've yeah. seen coming through in recent years, R.J. Barrett, Zion, Ty Jerome, DeAndre I mean, you know, these guys were first-team All-America level guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we're just not seeing that right now. 
Joe Lenardi, ESPN, with us. And Joe, you know, the team that pops out to me in a lot of ways that I find specifically their case to be interesting this year is Pittsburgh. Because Pitt, to me, they fit into, like, they definitely did NIL, as, you know, Jim Beheim talked about. They they got a lot of transfers, and it, it didn't click for them in until December. Like, they're a much better basketball team now uh, than they were then. I, I know there's no, like, last official, like, last 10 metric anymore. Do, do you think that should be something that should be looked at more these days? Because maybe because of the portal and NIL, teams kind of take longer to figure out who they are these days? Well, I think common sense suggests that we pay more attention to how a team is playing today Mm -hmm. than how they might have been playing three or four months ago. Uh, Now, that's not the way the system is set up anymore, and I understand the pros and cons of that, and and, and we could do another whole segment on it. But, But here's what I would say about Pitt. I think it speaks to where the ACC is that this Pitt team is 12-4 and in a game out of first place because pick almost any ACC season, just from a basketball standpoint, your eyes, this Pitt team would be, you know, 500 or maybe a little better in a typical ACC. Uh, same as Clemson. I mean, Clemson's eleven and five, and they're going to miss the tournament. Right. Eleven and five in the ACC is normally beyond a lock. It's a, it's a, it, it, it's a, you know, maybe a four seed in, in a good year. Like the league's coattails simply aren't long enough, and the teams aren't good enough to be giving their conference brethren opportunities to pile up the kind of marquee wins that are taking place certainly in the Big 12 and and and, and to a lesser extent in the SEC and the Big East and the Big Ten. All right, uh, Joe Lenardi with us. And Joe, th- this is free for me to you at ESPN, a, a programming idea for uh, maybe a way for this to, uh, I don't know if it would sort out differently, but maybe confirm what we know later in the season. Do you think there'd be any thought, you know, we do all these conference challenges like the ACC, SEC will be starting up next year to to push any of that stuff to later in the season to like in the middle of January just randomly drop it like a Tuesday Wednesday where at least then you're saying okay now these leagues have played each other in the middle of the season so think what you want about November but you know all right the Big Ten just proved it again that they wiped the floor with somebody do you think that would make the numbers more cohesive if we saw that spread out throughout the year more is that just dumb because we like seeing conference stuff at this time of the year no, I mean, I love that last Saturday in January when the SEC and the Big 12, you know, play 10 games yeah. against each other. You know, who doesn't want to see Kansas play Kentucky or, you know, Oklahoma play Alabama or Texas play Tennessee? I mean, those are are great games. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I we also like – the programming in December because it's a time when, you know, we'd be getting guaranteed games of, you know, haves against have nots. So we we like to see, you know, Duke, Ohio State or or whatever whatever the, the networks uh <laughs> my network serves us up. Um look, I don't think it would change the numbers in the long run. It might change where they are at different points in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know what? The ACC won the Big Ten Challenge, didn't they? Uh, uh yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, and 
the, the fact that I don't know that or on a year to year don't remember that when, you know, I'd be the kind of person you would think who would remember that probably means it's not very significant where it is and when it is. But I also don't think anybody remembers who won the Big 12 SEC challenge, and that was only three weeks ago. Um, it was 7-3 Big 12 for those who care about such things. I, I would have guessed the Big 12 one, but that had nothing to do with me actually remembering what happened. I that only week. know that because <laughs> we, we, we had a forecast that on the air, a bunch of us, and one person hypothetically got it. Exactly right. Okay, hypothetically. He's probably hypothetically on the air with us right now, Joe Lenardi. I wouldn't know who else uh, is I, listening. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, we're going to guess it was you, Joe. All right, last thing for you. If it's not going to be uh, Syracuse that you're going to be gnashing on this year, what what team do you think is going to land there and give you the most trouble this year? Who's, whose resume is stacking up to be like, what What the heck is, is going on with this team right now? Well, I mean, it, it's going to be Carolina because they're Carolina. I I honestly think that I'm probably being generous having them the first team out or among the first teams out. I think if we were talking about, you know, I don't know, uh, Washington State 0-9 in quad one and 500 in their league, would we even be considering that team? Mm -hmm. Part of me says it's all about the numbers, and the other part of me understands the human element, which is, you know, Carolina has maybe earned some extra consideration with its performance over the years, and you can't change the fact that people understand brands. You know, that's why some people would prefer driving a Mercedes to a Hyundai. Uh, They both get you to the same place in roughly the same amount of time, but there's a, you know, there's a brand preference. That's human nature. Um, yeah, I, I, Caroline is probably going to win just enough to stay in the conversation. Uh, for a period, it looked like it was going to be both Carolina and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But now Kentucky seems to have righted the ship a bit, uh, and, and they appear to be above the bubble, you know, until, I guess, their next bad game. Uh, and maybe they'll be one or maybe not. Personally, it's clear to me that there's something non-basketball going on with Carolina because the whole is so much less than the sum of the parts that, and, and I don't pretend to know what it is. I don't, I, I'm not there practicing every day. I don't travel or broadcast Carolina on a daily basis. But that roster, I mean, this is a team that returns four starters from having a 15-point lead at halftime of the national championship game. Mm-hmm. Like, something's not right. Yeah, we've seen that this year, and certainly in the last few months. And uh, if you if you scour the weirder corners of the Internet, there are plenty of theories out there, Joe, but that is not going to influence, uh, influence uh, the numbers, and it's probably more than just Brady Manic. Uh, not being uh, there. But, uh, Joe, appreciate a few minutes. Uh, hopefully Syracuse fans won't bother you too much. Well, hopefully they will bother you too much because that means a winning streak is uh, afoot here in the next few weeks. Uh, say hi to our guy, Matt Martucci, for us, and uh, thanks for hopping on for a few minutes today. I will. Thanks. That is Joe Lenardi of ESPN. He also does uh, St. Joe's games on the radio with a Syracuse grad, uh, Matt Martucci, who's uh, a year or two younger than me. Um, 
I don't know if Joe was alluding to it or not, but yeah, you can. Um, I'll I'll leave it to you to Google up what the off the court things that are going on with the North Carolina basketball team are. Lest we dra- start dragging lots of people's names through the mud on the radio, the googling will not take you long. But I'll leave it to you to do that to yourselves. This hour of the program brought to you by William Mitar, hurt the car call William Mitar, four 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 four. Take a break. Much more to come after this. Not much more to come. There's one segment left. We have a little bit more to come after this. What's on tap is next. QSportsTalk.com, ESPN Radio.